across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyman, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation. Hope everybody's having a great week and selling some houses. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Toby Salgado interview on Monday. Man, that was fun to do. I love doing interviews where I just have the same synergy with the guest and we can just go back and forth and it's just such a natural energy. I really enjoyed that. I hope you did too. You know, I told you guys last week I was at a camp down in Maryland where I was hanging out with some inner city kids that I mentor and man, they learned a lot of great stuff, but I had this weird thing happen to me. I think it was, yeah, it was Thursday night. So the lights out were at 1030. And so I basically sit there from like 1030 to 1130 laying in this hard bunk bed with my phone on, you know, trying to figure out what the news was for the day because you feel so isolated because you're out in the woods all day. You know, there's really no technology. There's not much time to for technology or current events. There's no TVs, trust me, no TVs, radios, any of that stuff or, or very little adult conversation about what the hell's going on in the world. So anyways, long story short, I'm laying there looking at news on the thing, you know, Marco Rubio drops out, blah, 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 stuff is happening, whatever. Just looking at Facebook, dilly-dallying around. It's 1130. Phone rings. I'm like, who is calling me at 1130 on a Thursday? And I have a personal policy. I don't pick up my phone unless you're in my phone book. And Now, granted, I got thousands of people in my phone book. I got a, a big-ass phone book. But, you know, I don't recognize this number. So I let it go. I also have Umail. And I don't know if you guys know about Umail, but basically with Umail, what it does is it turns every message into a text. So after I, like, fumbled to, like, turn down the volume because I was afraid it was going to wake up the kids, I think it did wake up a couple of them, I just let it go. And then I get this text message and it basically says, Pat, please call me. It's very important. I need to speak to you personally. I'm like, hmm, this is odd. And again, I get a lot of telemarketers and people trying to sell me stuff and I don't call them back or I'll forward them to, you know, someone at my office and ask them to call. But I was driving home the next day, hour and a half drive back to my house in Maryland. So I'm like, all right, now this lady's piqued my interest. You know, she said, I need to speak to you personally. It's very important. Next thing you know, I call her. She answers. She says, do you know who I am? I said, no, I have no idea who you are. Says her name. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe we met at, a, you know, when I was on my book tour or something. No, we never met. Okay, well, then how would I know who you are? Well, we're in a relationship. I was like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, no, I don't think so. I've been married you know, 22 years. <laughs> Where's this going? And so anyways, make a long story short, some creeper takes multiple pictures of me off of Facebook and then has the nerve to take pictures of my kids and post them on a Facebook page, a Google Plus page, and a Yahoo Messenger page. Now get this straight. That I mean, this is not just like, oh, a little Facebook thing. This is like three different things right my picture right my picture of when i went to germany and i'm wearing a lederhosen in uh, oktoberfest they choose this one i don't know why it's obnoxious 
So she goes on to tell me that this dude or woman or it or whatever it is impersonated me for two months and started an emotional catfish, you know, like the TV show Catfish. You ever watch that show? Definitely watch it. And you know what I'm talking about. But started a catfish with this lady and she fell in love with him and or, or her or whoever and even though the name was pat joban j-o-y-b-a-n maybe i'll post it on facebook so you guys can see it i'll just post the thing so you know what i'm talking about change the name like change a couple vowels a couple letters in my name but had all the same photos and is out there impersonating me now i had this happen like a year and a half ago uh, this woman in mexico was calling my office every day bothering the secretary wanting to talk to me saying that you know she had to talk to me every day she called and this is not my cell phone thank god but it was like a landline so finally and the secretary kept telling me man this lady keeps calling you and so i finally was in the office which i'm rarely in the office and she was on i'm like let me talk to her and then lo and behold that she doesn't even barely speak english and she's like do you want to meet and i'm like no i don't want to How, why would i want to meet you i have no idea who you are and so this random stuff happens just becoming crazy another thing happened it's all relative so i was expecting a tax refund as everyone out there expects tax refunds depending on how your year went well, I was getting a refund this year and I never got it. And come to find out that someone had applied to the IRS as me for my refund and tried to get my refund. And the IRS is like, we're not going to do your tax returns and issue your refund until you come down to our headquarters in Charleston, South Carolina and prove that you're you. And what I need is I need a passport and driver's license. I'm like, okay, great. So I rolled down there begrudgingly and come to find out there's a three hour wait. And this is like a Tuesday at like 10. I'm like, are you kidding me? This has got to be a slow day. I was like, I can't do it. I'm out. I'm not going to wait three hours. It's crazy. And so I decided just to wait because it's almost April 15th anyways. And we'll see what happens when I try to push these tax returns through. I don't know what's going to happen, but I could owe money. So, you know, might as well just use that refund towards that anyways. No sense in just playing a shell game with my money if I can just let them hold it. I figured for at least a couple weeks. And then if, if I get a refund after that, I'm going to have to go down there. But anyway, so now that's serious. Now the, the first two, I have no idea what they get out of this, right? I have no idea what they get out of impersonating somebody other than it's just a game to them or, or wanting to talk to me and you don't even speak English and, and you don't want anything. At the end of the day, this Mexican lady, and the reason I know she's Mexican is because we traced the phone number and went to like a small town near Mexico City. She wanted me to get a translator and get back and Skype her. And I'm like, for what? I don't know, man. The world's gone mad with this. And I, I guess that's the price you pay. You know, when I started doing this podcast and, and started trying to get my voice out there and try to help people, the more public you become, the more this crap happens. So you just got to protect yourself. I, luckily, I have LifeLock and I have to look into some more services to or, or just make sure that people, you know, pay attention to what's going on and less people do is i don't know what to do i'm sure there's services that are going to come out they're going to help you with this stuff so anyways on a good front we've had some great recent comments on itunes up to 113 man i just remember not too long ago it's at 100 so this is great Lilm trish maybe it's trish Lilm, but it's backwards proven success five stars i've been listening to your podcast since the day i got licensed 2005 i got the rookie of the year 
So she started listening on her first day and got the rookie. What else could you ask for, right? I mean, to get licensed on day one and get rookie of the year, there's not a better way to measure your success as a first year agent. I can tell you when I was my first year, 1988, my first full year, I got rookie of the year too. So congratulations, Lilm Trish. I sold 26 houses. People always ask me where I come up with these great marketing ideas and systems. And a majority of them I owe to this podcast. Thank you. You really helped me break the ice in this business. Hey, that was nice. Andrew Berkowitz. Incredible, valuable content. That's what I always try to do. Valuable content, actionable content. For anyone who wants to get into the real estate market, Pat does a great job. Five stars, Andrew Berkowitz. Faye Nestor, five stars. Fantastic podcast for real estate agents. My new favorite podcast, tons of actionable content. I would recommend to all real estate agents or anyone who wishes to better themselves. Thank you, Pat. And Mike Naylor, this podcast is an invaluable tool for both newer and veteran agents alike. I can always stay one step ahead of my business by utilizing some of the actionable and innovative items I glean from his Rockstar podcast. I hope to break bread with you someday, Pat. That's awesome, guys. You know, I strive for actionable content. That's really what it's all about, right? I personally... Don't like to listen to podcasts or books or anything like that unless you can give me something that I can use. That's not a cliche, right? That's not a, just a quote that's going to inspire me. Give me something that I can use that I can sit down and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to implement this. Actionable content. I got another one here. A-E Meshi. M-E-C-H-E. It is like going to seminars for free. It is. Every guest I hear that has a website or book I buy or look into it, I'm very grateful to come across this podcast. Same thing, you know, actionable content and, and generally stuff hopefully that you need to buy that you hear on there is not that much money, books or, or whatever. Of course, the CRMs or the marketing things, those all cost more money and you have to decide whether it's worthwhile to spend that money, but they're all good. Everything works, nothing doesn't, I think, but you got to make it work and you got to give it time and you got to decide whether you're at a place in your business where you want to spend that money if it's out of your budget or whatever. So anyways, I'm excited today. We got Vlad Katz on. Now, Vlad wears a couple of hats. You know, he's a realtor first and foremost, but mainly most of his time is spent uh, recruiting for a Keller Williams office in Baltimore City. And he has made headlines with the amount of agents he recruits and attracts to his office. And it's all Vlad. It's 100% Vlad and what he does there. Because I've been to this office. It's not that glamorous. It's not like he's got a prime retail spot with fancy marble floors by any means so a lot of it of what is happening is the result of vlad now he is a keller williams team leader there's some lingo that's used here that uh, hopefully everyone will understand i know our audience base is huge we have agents from all different types of companies so you know don't try not to be like oh well this is keller williams it doesn't apply to me no it does because we all recruit to our teams right it's important that we recruit quality people and Vlad has a ton of tips on how to get quality versus quantity or quality agents that actually sell houses and make commissions which we want agents like that on our teams and and he has a lot to offer on how to get short sale businesses and and how to get short sale business 
how to inspire culture, a lot of things that can be utilized, whether you're with KW or whether you're with Prudential or Berkshire Hathaway or Caldwell Banker, Remax, it doesn't matter. You know, he's going to have a bunch of actionable content and actionable ideas and actionable tidbits that anybody out there can use. And I think everybody's going to be able to find a value in this because success leaves clues. Let's face it, success leaves clues. If, if someone out there is doing something good, doesn't matter what it is, right? It could be selling shoes. You can glean a ton of good information on what they're doing to sell shoes and use that to sell real estate. So anyways, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Vlad. I hope you guys like it. And please, please, please protect your identities as much as you possibly can and be on the lookout for creepers out there that are going to pretend to be you. Anyways, guys, have a great day and I'll talk to you on Friday. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest for you today. I have Vladimir Katz on the phone. I was lucky enough to get him today, and Vladimir is doing some incredible things right outside of Baltimore City in Pikesville, Maryland. He was the number two fastest-growing office in the world for Keller Williams, where he grew his office from 80 agents to over 200 in a matter of one year. Plus, he manages a team doing 100 units a year in sales, mostly short sales. And we're going to find out how he's doing this and how he's growing agents, how he's growing teams because he's helping his agents grow phenomenal teams and uh, how he's growing his biz. So we got a three-pronged show today. So without further ado, Vlad, welcome to Pat Hyven Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Uh, Pat, it's an honor to be interviewed by you. Thank you. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you, Vlad, so they can get to know you better? For sure thing, Pat. So I've been in, in the real estate business for about a decade. I got in in 2005, uh, predominantly uh, flipping homes. And then I got really bored and got into the brokerage side. I've been with Keller Williams since 2011. Um, uh, in the first three years with Keller Williams, I uh, grew a team essentially from two people to, to about nine, that we, what we have now. And what we call in Keller Williams the seventh level, right? So meaning that I own the team and I have somebody running it. I also started a short sales processing company, Hefla Plus Vacation that processes short sales all over the state of Maryland uh, for for our team. In October of 2014, Pat, I was uh, an opportunity tapped me on the shoulder, and I became the team leader of Keller Williams Legacy in Pikesville. Um, it was a launching market center, and just like you said, uh, in about a year, we took it from less than 100 to, to over 200. To be exact, I started in October with 59 associates in October of 2014, and uh, we ended 2015 with 200, and in January of this year, we brought on, we netted 12 more, and in February, we'll do it to East End as well. So wow. we're on the hyper growth, yes. And I've been blessed, just like I've been blessed in, in my real estate uh, industry with having a really strong support system, and you're no stranger to that. Obviously, you're, you're famous for all the businesses that you own and you've started, uh, so leverage becomes an integral part in all of our lives in order to, to grow ourselves, grow our businesses, and then grow the leaders behind us. 
That's amazing. And to grow ourselves, to grow our businesses, and to grow the leaders behind us. Now, I love that. Quote, unquote, Vlad Katz. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You're funny. That's Thanks, awesome. man. So, okay, cool. So where do we start? Let's start with your team business, okay? Because, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners at Rockstar Nation here are real estate agents. So first of all, you say the majority of the business comes from short sales. So how does somebody actually get or create a short sale business? Let's say they're, they're listening in another state and they're like, I want to do what Vlad does. I want to create a short sale business. What are some steps that they can take to make that? that happen? Well, first and foremost, I think that somebody who uh, not only survives, but thrives in the short sale business, they have to have a passion for, for that type of business because the short sale, the short sale, a real, short sale real estate is unlike traditional real estate, just like REO is unlike traditional real estate. So first and foremost, there has to be a passion involved. And I've always had the passion for doing this one for helping people and there's very few real estate sellers that need help more than those in the short sale situation. I'm sure that a lot of your listeners can, can understand that. And second, I have a passion for doing something other people don't really like to do or don't want to do. And short sale seems to be that type of a field where you know, not a lot of real estate professionals think that it's sexy. And the second thing, aside from the passion that you need, is very... <laughs> very strong perseverance still because short sales are not easy. They've never been easy. I don't think they'll ever be easy. My team does make them look easy. However, I know what happens under the hood, um, so to speak. And, you know, no two short sales are alike. No two short sale sellers are alike. No two short sale lenders are alike. So you have to actually go through the process, multiple processes with different lenders on a daily basis. Yeah, but how do you get the leads? Oh, Got that. So once you acquire, uh, once you acquire those two skills or concepts of passion and perseverance, leads certainly become important, right? And it just so happens that you know Gary Keller and MREA book wrote that uh, real estate or real estate listings are, excuse me, listings are a gift from the real estate gods. And so when I started building a short sale business, I went after leads hardcore. And in fact, I've done everything. I've door knocked. I've been chased by dogs when I door, uh, door knocked because people are not expecting somebody to ask for their short sale business. I've, I've attempted to solicit referrals, etc. And then I actually said to myself, if I was a short sale seller, how would I find a professional yes. to help me? And everything pointed to the internet. Hmm. So what so, do you do? So first thing that I did is I, I hired a consultant to help me build online presence. And what it boiled down to, the, my one thing even before, way before the book came out, was write one article or one piece of content, what we call, each day. So the first thing that I did, that was part of my lead generation strategy, aside from just hitting the phone, it was every single morning when I came to the office, I would write one blog or I would write something for my website. And in 18 months, we started ranking one or two organically, and then with PPC, we're um, in the top three at least, usually number one or number two. So if any of your listeners go online and Google anything short sale related, Maryland, Baltimore, or pretty much any city in Baltimore, they're going to see us. 
So, so you just started writing articles now. So give me some specifics. You know, we pride ourselves here to give our listeners actionable content, which means, so can you write an article about short sales? It's easy enough. You know, worst case scenario, you cut and paste, plagiarize somebody else, change a couple words, add the words Baltimore, add the words Maryland, and then where do you post it? Right. So my consultant suggested that we do it two ways. One is we add content to our website. So for example, content would be well multiple multiple ways. One is success stories because short sale sellers want to know what happened before them. So every time we close a short sale listing, we would write up a, a very short article on what actually happened during that short sale process. We'd use names of banks, right? Because short sale sellers may be searching for information about their banks specifically. We would write up what you know what was the reason for short sale, like divorce or death in the family or unemployment. Um, we would uh, all of our posts would be keyword rich, meaning the specific keywords that we wanted to target would be there each and every time. So we would post it on our website, or if we already had similar content on our website, we would go to Active Rain or we would go to Trulia or any website that allows you to link back. Now, here's one thing that I learned, and you're going to love this, and your listeners may love this. Posting stuff all over the web may not actually serve you because a lot of the bigger websites actually have a no-link-back policy, or they block it. They allow you to link it, but they then block Google from going backwards in that link. Wait a minute. Slow that down. So, so, so explain that. Sure. Like, How does that happen? All right. So, for example, somebody who today goes on Trulia or Zillow, right, or you know whatever the combined company is, and right, they right. put up a blog and then they put in a link back to their website. Okay. Yep. They actually, from Google search perspective, they actually get no credit for that content. Hmm. Okay. And that the reason behind it is because there is a simple tag in HTML that the owner of Trulia puts in that does not allow Google to crawl back to your website. So you, you actually don't get any SEO juice. Got it. So if, you, if you're website. just going to Trulia or Zillow or somewhere else and placing your article in there, it does does you no good. What if you put it in LinkedIn? It will depend. So it, it will depend on where on LinkedIn. It will depend on what type of article, what type of post, et cetera. So one of the things that I learned, and I'd like to relay that, is make sure that if your strategy is what my strategy was a few years ago, is to write an article or making sure that people know you by placing content on other websites, is that you're actually getting credit for it. Otherwise, if if you're putting something on Trulia or even LinkedIn, and you're thinking that you're going to get SEO juice going back to your website and you don't, the only way for anybody to find that article is by going on LinkedIn and specifically searching for that article, which chances of that happening is pretty slim. So is the best way to do it then just post them on your own website? Not necessarily, because your website can get so saturated with content yeah. that it actually may be a detriment. So what do you do? You hire, you leverage. You hire somebody who knows. If like I knew that this was going to be a multi-million dollar business, which it is, Yes, And so spending a few thousand dollars a month on a professional became a no-brainer. Okay, so where can, where can the listeners go to find a professional that can do this for them? I highly recommend Ping Solve, 
P-I-N-G-S-O-L-V-E. Um, the dude that started that company has been helping me build SEO presence and PPC campaigns for the last five years. Ping Solve. So I'm going to put a link to Ping Solve in hybendigital.com backslash Vlad, V-L-A-D. And anybody could check that out there. That's cool. So you hire that out. You have them do it. All of a sudden now, years later, you're doing like out of the 100 deals you did last year, how many of them are short sales? 100. <laughs> Every single one. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, but, I mean, there, there, there were a few that were not maybe like a, a buyer side. We don't even have buyer agents, so if, if we double sided anything, um, yeah, wow. And and I like that philosophy too. Like, so you know, what do you do with the lead? Let's say someone calls in and they want to see the house. I mean, or have questions about the house. How do you handle that? We have a referral system set up at. And for, go ahead. So you just refer it to yeah, an agent in the office. Yeah. Yep, about a little bit less than 10% of our gross revenues comes from, from referrals from agents. Now, do I know that there's, there's an opportunity? Absolutely. However, I'm a true believer on focusing on one thing. And as we talk about my other adventures in real estate, you'll see that as well. So right now, until we know that we're dominating the short sale space, we're not doing anything on the buyer side. And I understand that there's a big opportunity. Well, yes and no, maybe, because this has been a controversial subject and, and we've had people on this show that have said, hey, listen, the whole buyer agent thing is is not a profit center. If they do something like Vlad's doing, your profit margin tends to go way up, right? So like, what would you say your profit margin is on that piece of your business? On the short sale side? Yeah. yeah I can tell you exactly what it is. It's about 48%. Okay. So 50%, and you don't go out on any listing appointments, right? Neither. I don't go out, nor anybody on my team goes out on any listing appointments. All of our listings, Pat, are either done in-house, so our clients come to us, or they're mail-aways. That's phenomenal. And so what was your GCI from that 100 deals? Our commissions plus fees, because we do charge loss mitigation fees through our short sale company, uh, last year was 980000 Right. So f half a million bucks and boom, and it's all done in-house. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, I don't know if there's a big enough case, right, to add four buyer agents because it would take management and it would take overhead and it would take headaches and it may be smarter to take your 10%, which still equals $100,000, right? 10% of a million is a hundred grand, a hundred grand in referral fees and no overhead. Mm-hmm. That's actually 20% of your profit, right? It's 10% of your gross. It's 20% of your net. So 20% of your profit is coming with absolutely no overhead. I mean, I kind of like this model. I kind of think that I don't know if, if I were you, if I would get buyer agents. I don't think you're leaving money on the table at all. I mean, you, you could be saving money and that you're not spending all the time managing them and uh, getting frustrated at them. What sort yeah. of... So take me through this, if you don't mind, because this is fascinating, Vlad. So... I am a seller, okay, and I'm calling an agent on your team or someone on your team. I saw your ad. Well, first of all, I see your thing online. What do I do? Fill out a form or something? Multiple ways. You can call in, you can fill out a form, or 
if you're on my website within 10 seconds there's a chat window that comes up okay so let's say let's say the chat window comes up right bing it shows up and and we're typing now let's pretend we're typing what we're going to talk so mm -hmm. so uh, the chat says what something to the effect of thank you for visiting mdshortsaleexpert.com how can i help I, it's, a, know, it's a live chat i've had my house and it's somebody that works for you on your team it's no if we outsource that to a company in San Diego, who employs folks, I believe, in Philippines, and we train them on what to say. Wow. Okay. So they, it's like, it's actually like anybody who comes there, they feel like they are talking to somebody in Pikesville about a short sale. Okay. So let's just say it's a call-in, because no matter whether it's a call-in or it's in the Philippines or it's an email, it's going to be the same language. So I call you, Vlad, you know, my name's Pat Hyben. Listen, I, I had my house on the market for, of the last five years, it's been on the market for two of those five. It hasn't been on the market for two years. I owe, you know, 180 on it. And the last, my tax assessment says I owe 150. I want to move. What should I do, Vlad? Yeah, great question. So, do you, first of all, Pat, do you want me to do you want to role play or do you want me to? Yeah, do let's kind role play. Of, let's role play. So, Vlad, is this something you can help me with, or should I just walk away from it? Uh, Pat, that's a great question. Before we can answer that, I have to ask you a few questions to uh, to see whether you qualify for a short sale. Just of curiosity, Pat, have you ever been pre-qualified for a short sale? No, you know, none of my other agents mm -hmm. uh, recommended it. They always put it at one ninety nine nine. I owed one eighty. Gave a little bit of room for commission, but we never had that option. We're never given that option. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, Pat. I do know that there's a lot of misinformation happening out there, and luckily, you and I are speaking today. So you've called the short sale experts, and we'll help you one way or another. At the very least, we'll provide you with advice on the next step. So, Pat, what's causing you to, to consider doing a short sale or moving out of your house? I want to move to Pennsylvania because I got a job there. Got it. And what happened to your job here in Maryland, Pat? I lost it. They did some layoffs and mm -hmm. they, the Domino Sugar, they, they cut back 10%. And so I, I was on the assembly line at Domino's and they cut me back. I'm sorry to hear that. So it's, it sounds like there was a layoff and then now it's an involuntary move up to Pennsylvania, is that right? Yeah, correct, basically. Yeah, I mean, I want to go there because I can make money and I have a job. So it's voluntary in that aspect. But if I had my job at Domino's, I'd still be here. And who are your lenders? Wells Fargo. Okay. And do you know what type of loan do you have? Is it FHA? Is it conventional? Is it uh, VA? Yep, VA. It's a VA loan. Okay. And do you have a second? No, we don't have a second. Okay, got it. And who is on the loan? Is it you? Is it just you or is it you and somebody else? My wife and myself. Got it. And is your wife employed? Yes, she is. Okay. Got it. And will she be moving up with you? Yeah, she's going to move up. Okay, got it. And how many payments have you missed? Well, honest, Vlad, uh, probably o over 10. You missed 10 payments? Yes. Well, well then we got to move quick, Pat. We got to move real quick because what we see is that when somebody's behind by six months or more, the foreclosure proceedings accelerate in our state. Wow. So let's do, let's do this. I'm going to email you some information that I would like for you to review, okay? Then I'm going to look at my calendar. We're going to set up a time for you and your wife. By the way, what is, your, what is her name? Kim. Kimberly. Kim, thank you. For you and Kimberly to stop by the office to review the documents that we need to get started on your short sale and also to meet the rest of my team who will be servicing your transition to Pennsylvania. And then I just set up a time. 
<laughs> okay. And then, you know, that, I mean, it seems so easy, right? I guess the majority of the people that are researching short sales are not looking to interview five agents, huh? Well, it depends. There are people who like to quote unquote shop around, but I will tell you that once they get the information from us, once they see our website, once they talk to either Christina or MJ upstairs or who are actually taking these calls, the path for them becomes really, really clear. There is no other team in the state of Maryland that does the short sales that we do. Just to give you an idea, last month we listed 12% of all short sale listings in the state. <laughs> yeah, you know, because a lot of agents about two years ago, you know, just became anti-short sale. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. I've used to have a question on the show, which is, you know, what's something where the juice is not worth the squeeze? And people would say short sales. They're like, I hate them. I won't take them. People say I got a short sale. They're like, you know, we are, we are actually, we're in love with short sales. We call ourselves the emergency room of real estate. <laughs> um, we, uh, yeah, we are short sale doctors and short sale nurses. We, we have fun around that. And we have the people on our team that love helping people, like truly love helping people. And we love sticking it to the banks. Okay. So tell me about this team that you built your short sale team. How many people are on the team and, and what do they do? We're up to nine, and I wish that I could take the credit for building a team, and uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I can't, because my partner, Christina, is the person who in the last two years has been an instrumental in actually building a team and building out systems to process large numbers of short sales. I mean, now we're listing, just to give you an idea, about four or five properties a week. So, like, normally, right, like, if I'm if I'm average Joe agent and I get two short sales a year, I'm going to go to one of these short sale companies, I'm going to give them 1% of my commission or a certain amount, right? So, so mm -hmm. you guys don't do that, right? You do it all in-house. We do it all in-house, yes, sir. So, you don't, you're not paying out any money to anybody else to negotiate. You're negotiating all this yourself. And then we collect uh, 2% for the negotiation. In addition to the commission? Yes, sir. So you collect a regular commission. Yes, sir. And then you collect, and then another company collects a 2% a negotiation fees, and the bank has no problem with that. No, sir. So they're paying a buyer agent, they're paying a listing agent, and they're paying a negotiator. Banks in our state do not pay negotiation fees. And we collect negotiation fees from buyer and seller. Really? So, so the seller has to pay out of their pocket? Yes. And the buyer has to pay? What, they each pay 1%? Yes, sir. So the buyer buying the house, it says in the MLS, buyer will pay 1% negotiation fee? I believe so. Yes. If not, they, it's in the disclosures that they receive. Okay. And yeah. so, and so do you, what kind of pushback do you get on that, and how do you handle that? You'll be surprised, not as much uh, pushback any longer. Um, when I first started collecting this a few years ago, we did. And it, 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 the way that I look at everything in the real estate world, Pat, is that it's just more education. And the the question that I ask is, do you think a short sale process or a short sale negotiator is needed? And if the answer is yes, then they become an integral part of the transaction. And then, in my opinion, they should get paid. The see, real estate agent, in, in our state can't negotiate short sale. Hmm. So, so a third parties need it. And yeah. a third, the way that I treat our uh, short sale processing company, it's, it's a business. It's not a loss leader. So does the bank ever say, no, nah, we're not paying that? Well, the bank, the bank is not charged a loss litigation fee. They may be charged a different fee. And if they say they're not paying it, we're okay with that. Because we know 
we know that we're getting paid. And in fact, keep in mind, it's not all about money, but we know we are, we're going to get paid regardless. And the number one priority for us is to get the seller on a foreclosure, right. a committed and, seller. And at the end of the day, you still have the buyer saying they'll pay 1%. So you're still you're still getting kind of paid. Uh, you're just 1% short yeah. Yeah, out of the 2%. And, yeah, listen, are there times that the seller can't afford to bring the 1%? Yes. Are we going to stop the transaction? Absolutely not. Okay. Interesting. Absolutely not. Very, very, very interesting. That's, that's fascinating. So so let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're getting a lot of press. There's all kinds of stuff on the internet now. You know, you have this knack for being able to take an agent on and, number one, help them build a, an incredible team for themselves. And then you also have another knack of being able to build an incredible office full of agents. So first of all, let's talk about teams. So like if you're an agent out there and you're starting a team or you have a team and you're frustrated because it's not working, what's, what's the best advice you're giving your teams there at your office on the hiring, firing process? Attend, recruit, select, train, lead, motivate 10 times. <laughs> and guys, if you're not listening, that, that's, a, that's a Keller Williams class that anybody can take it found online. And uh, I'd be happy to put a link to that as well on the show notes. Yeah. Give me like one thing that if you're leaving that class and you've taken it 10 times, what do you know that our listeners who aren't Keller Williams and who aren't going to take that class can learn from Vlad? Yes. So here, here's what I learned, Brad, is that the recruit select process, or let's just call it hiring process, is a process. It's not a gut feeling. It's not a gut reaction. It's not, do I like this person? Do I not, do I not like this person? There is a process system and a model in place. And every time that I've used the model, I've won. And every time I've attempted to circumvent it, I've lost. Wow. And so sooner or later, you're, you say to yourself, like, do I like losing or do I like winning? more. And so the advice that I would give to anybody listening who is not familiar with the Recruit Select or who is not in Keller Williams is one, is attend it, and two, use it. Right. Like and, it's that simple. And it's there. It's and that it's, simple. It basically is telling you to, how many interviews should I have for each person I add to my team? Well, per Recruit Select, that's at least three with at least two behavioral assessments. And then I've uh, accompanied a third and, you know, there is, on average, I check about 25 references. You check that's 25 up. references per person you interview? At, at, that's, on the, that's on the low end. Because it's <laughs> typically 10 first level, then it, you usually get about 7, 8, yeah, so about 25. Wow. And I, I can see yeah. how, yeah, certainly if you got 25 references, you, you, you couldn't make a bad hire. I mean, think about the time you lose by making a bad hire compared to, to 25 references. Um, well, that's, that, what, that's what it is. It's one way or another, Pat, and like, I think you hit the nail on the head, right, is what I realized is that the, the cost of a bad hire for a small business like ours is in millions. And the, the biggest part of the cost is an opportunity cost. Okay, mm -hmm. and when you real when you get to the bottom of those types of numbers, first I got scared. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I'm losing millions by hiring bad people. And then I said, or I, I shouldn't say bad people, but people who are not a fit for the role. Okay, who are not who are not a match. And on the flip side, all I have to do is just control my impatience. And you know me, I'm very impatient. Control my impatience. 
an extra week to ensure that this individual will be the right fit. Can you predict the future with the recruit select process? No. Things happen, right? But this is about increasing the chances of success. So your chances of success may go from 25 to 75. That's a big difference. Okay. So tell me how to find people to add to my team. Well, Pat, they're all over the place. It's like you're, the waitress in the restaurant is a potential candidate. Allied Resource, who is tired of being a loan officer and wants to, wants to re- have their ceiling, ceiling removed from on top of them, uh, off top of them, get into sales. It is college athletes that are graduating because they're used to, to having a coach. They're used to being told what to do, at least in the beginning stages, right? We're limited by the number of people on the planet. And I know it's kind of like an odd comment, but people that are available for hire are all over the place. You just have to, you just have to follow the process, and here is what the process tells us. Here is what the model of Recruit Select tells us. The first step, which is most commonly skipped, that is plan and define your needs. Plan and define your needs. So know what exactly it is you're you're looking for, yeah. and so that you could speak to other people eloquently. I am looking for someone like this. Yes. Yeah, and then when somebody like that actually shows up, you can recognize it as such. Mm. I consult real estate professionals on a daily basis, and I'll put it to you this way. Most real estate professionals, until they start consulting with me, don't know whether they need an executive assistant or a buyer agent or right. a listing specialist. Yeah. So they're just, it's whoever comes in first. Right. That doesn't work. Hmm. So you say, hey, I need a buyer agent. Here are the characteristics. And then, you you know, bubbly, high eye, whatever, da 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 And then you go out looking for that. But if you don't say yeah. that up front, then your, your antennas aren't going to be up for that type of person. It's going to be exactly. whoever calls you and says, hey, do you need somebody to work for you? Or even worse, it could be the flavor of the day, right? Like, oh, my God, I have 15 buyers right now that need help, right? Whereas... And, and so you're screaming for a buyer agent, where in fact maybe all you need is a showing assistant or an executive assistant that can take all the contracts off your plate and let you do what you do, mm. show properties and write offers. So it's like it actually becomes a feeling-based decision rather than a logic-based decision. There's yes. nothing wrong with making decisions based on feelings. It's just not sustainable long-term for a real estate business. Wow. Wow. Okay. So Vlad, let's, let's wrap this up with this last question here. Cause everyone's wondering this, I'm sure is uh, for all the brokers and office managers out there listening to this, how do you add 150 agents in a year? What could you tell somebody sitting and listening in another state, in another city to do that will help them succeed in building their office? Sure thing. So it was actually the exact numbers in 2015 was 151 gross for 120 net. And two things that come up. First is same as you, you heard a few minutes ago about uh, short sale business passion. I love, love, love assisting others or helping others. And I know for a fact that what God put me on the earth to do is, is to help people achieve their God-given potential. And it just so happens that he put me in real estate. And in real estate, what I see is a lot of real estate professionals don't know what needs to happen next. And when they meet with me, they see it. Like, I'm very clear with what needs to happen next for their business. Without any judgment, right? Not everybody wants to have a $100 million team. Right? Some people just want to make $100,000. Some people just want to make right. $50,000. Yeah, yeah, right. The first and foremost is understand what you're about. So if there's any real estate broker that 
that is listening to this, the first thing I'd say is like, all right, what are you all about? So why should I join your company? And Keller Williams Legacy is just like any other Keller Williams office is a training consulting company cleverly disguised as a real estate brokerage. Okay, our value proposition to any real estate associate is training, coaching, and consulting. We're not the flashiest folks. Okay, we don't do advertisements. We don't have an advertising budget. We're not going to put your face on the billboard. Okay. However, what we will do is provide you with the tool systems and models that you need to succeed. And it doesn't matter whether you're fresh out of real estate school and you're 22 years old or if you have a $30 million team and you, you've hit a ceiling at $30 million and you want to take it to 50. We will provide you with systems, models, and tools to get to the next level of your real estate career. And second thing, you got to have perseverance <laughs> because not everybody is ready to make the move right away. So mm. my one thing for ever since I came into this opportunity, Pat, has been just to develop relationship and, uh, relationships and talk to as many real estate professionals as I can and helping myself and helping them understand what it is that they out of life. You see, I'm, I'm a true believer that nobody is born to sell houses. Mm. The real estate industry is just the stage for all of us to succeed. And there are so many w different ways to succeed, right? I mean, I took this path. I took the leadership path. Many people take the leverage path. Flush. I mean, you're a hero around here, Pat. And like you know, you get to travel all over the place. I follow you on Facebook. You're starting starting a lot of businesses, a lot of organizations, a lot of followers. A lot of your followers are actually really, really big leaders. And you've been able to accomplish that by being in the real estate industry. I know you have a team that sells a boatload of homes. You've been number one agent in the world for multiple companies right, Remax and Keller Williams, right? And people don't even have to dream that big. Right, There right. are very few industries where people can make six figures, live a great life just by doing very few things correctly, like talking to people. So, so basically, you know, you know what your office is and you know yes. what your office isn't. Yeah. And you tell them that up front because I've been to your office and you're right. I mean, it's not if you're still in the same one I was at, you know, you got to it's hard to find a parking spot. You got to walk up a level of yep. steps. It's like you're yep. going through this dark hallway. I mean, it's not not a glamour um, shot of, a, of an office by any means. And so so you're saying, yeah, but here's the thing. You know, what we are is no matter where you, whether you're a new agent or you're an advanced agent, we're going to take you higher because that's what we do. Compare us to other people based on that. Exactly. Okay. And the numbers are starting to show that. Like, the, the, that's the crazy part, right? Like, I have to be sold on that myself, Pat. And now that I, like, I am 120% now sold on this. And the numbers, numbers don't lie. Like, we became number one. Uh, number one office in Baltimore City, in Baltimore County, by units sold last year, and we're gonna we're just widening the lead. In the last six months, nobody sold more listings than this office. We've only been around for eighteen months. We are gonna be number one in volume in Baltimore City, in Baltimore County this year. Last year we finished number eight. Now we're number two, and it all comes from training, consulting, and coaching, and bringing in top producers or helping with the numbers. So, so how many people does Vlad Katz call other agents on a daily basis to touch base and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, the numbers now are probably below 10. And the reason it's below 10 is because I've earned the right to be below 10. When I first started, it was about 20 to 30. I lead generated two, three hours a day at least. Like that was my first thing uh, before, first and the only thing before lunch. 
Uh, now I am a little bit more leveraged. We have a, uh, a wonderful agent services coordinator, Ilana, who is now making attraction calls for us. We also have an IFA who is making those calls and invitations to agents. And the cool thing is happening now that we've created this buzz and the, and the culture of achievement here, that people are coming to us. So they could all end up, you know, come list me calls. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. And, and so, you know, I mean, just look at it from a perspective, an agent, even if every agent out there called 10 people a day asking for business or following up, that would be, everybody would be doing a ton of more production. So, you know, calling 10 agents a day, cause you don't want to call the same guy, you know, three days in a row, you're probably going to call him once every 60 days. If he's somebody, yeah. he's not going to take your call after a while. So, so that's still, you're, you're reaching out to a lot of people. Well, listen, Vlad, I know you're busy and you've given us a ton of great information, great meat and potatoes. I really appreciate you coming out and being candid with us and sharing your wealth of knowledge. I wish you the best of luck. And the next time I come back home to Baltimore, we'll definitely break some bread together. Looking forward to it, Pat. Thank you for allowing me to contribute to others. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.